This is most certainly true. Jesus is the King, and He's coming soon. Our celebration of His Christmas arrival is coming soon, but His return is coming soon as well. Are you ready? He makes us ready through faith and opens our eyes to expect and to see and to welcome His return, to take us to live with Him forever. Get your hearts and lives more prepared for the King through this sermon, recently delivered at Grace. Light and life are ours because the Word made flesh, our Savior Jesus, was born. These words will serve as the basis also for today's sermon, the Gospel according to John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning Him, He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Wasn't that glorious? I tell you what, there is just something special about these festival services where you get the organ blaring and the brass singing and all of you gathered here in a full church singing with your hearts and your voices out loud. I feel like it gives us just a little bit of a glimpse of the gloriousness that heaven will be one day. And it's beautiful, isn't it? Now that I'm actually thinking about some glorious things, I want you to think about other glorious moments like this in life. Maybe it's sitting on the edge of the Grand Canyon as you watch the sunset, or watching the sun rise above the ocean or a lake. 
It's that hard-fought, well-earned championship victory that takes place on a battlefield where everything is left out there. It's that delightful, delectable meal that was just so good that you are so content you could just die and go to heaven. It's the view of a bride, your bride, walking down the aisle to meet you at the front of the church. It's looking in the face of your firstborn child for the very first time. Glorious. Glory. The angels sang of it on the night that Jesus was born. Glory to God in the highest. The disciple John describes the glory of the Word who became flesh. If you were to open up these Bibles, these few Bibles in front of you, and count how many times the word glory is found on those pages, you would find it over 300 times. Now, don't go and search right now. Take my word for it. But glory, we sing of it. We speak it. But what is it? Glory, in a very simple meaning and sense, means to have great fame and honor or to be magnificent with great beauty. And in very much the same way, when God's glory is spoken about in the Bible, we're talking about God's splendor, who he is, and all of his might and power. And we can often see God's glory in two different ways throughout the pages of the Bible. In one way, we see it in his attributes, his characteristics, who he is as the almighty, powerful God. And we also see God's glory as he makes himself manifest or present among us. The glory of the Lord shown around them. In the gospel reading for today, John reflects upon that very glory. And he invites you to come with him to the manger and marvel at the glorious nature of Christmas. John's Gospel records for us the words and the ministry of Jesus, our Savior, for us to to hear and to grow and to know our our Lord. And he starts out with a a wonderful introduction, and it finds its highlight in verse 14, which I'd like to focus on this morning. It says this, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, in this introduction, John speaks in a somewhat cryptic way as he describes the Word. He says that the Word was there at the very beginning. And he says that the Word was with God, and in fact, the Word was God. And the Word created everything. And the Word not just created life, but is life and is the very light that breaks apart the darkness, not just of a universe, but the darkness of sin and evil and death. I think it's pretty clear by these descriptions that this Word is the divine, almighty Lord God. Well, then John says that this Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us here on this earth. And with those words, he describes the glorious nature of this baby who was born and whose whose birthday we celebrate today. 
And as you peek into that manger, realize that you are not seeing any ordinary child, but you are looking at the almighty creator God who took on flesh, who came down from heaven to live among us as one of us. This wasn't the first time that God dwelled among us here on earth. In fact, in the Old Testament, the glory of the Lord, His manifestation, His presence, made a regular appearance. Maybe some of these are familiar to you. The glory of the Lord appeared in the form of a cloud and guided the people of Israel on their journey to the Promised Land. The glory of the Lord came down in might and power upon a mountain called Sinai, and there God gave the people of Israel the Ten Commandments. The glory of the Lord filled the temple and the tabernacle, the places of worship for the people of Israel. The glory of the Lord came to Moses. We heard that in the first reading from Exodus 33 and 34. Moses asked God to to show him his glory. And this is how the Lord responded. I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. And, And so part of God's glory His response to showing Moses his glory is to show him his goodness. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And so the name of God is part of his his glory. And now listen to this glorious name of God. Because as he passed by Moses, this is what he proclaimed. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents, the third and fourth generation. The glorious name of our Lord, full of grace and truth, The glory of God appeared to his people often. And every time that it did, it came with purpose. To guide, to lead, to proclaim, to show the splendor and presence of God to his people. Glorious. In Bethlehem, the glory of the Lord came in another unique and special way. God this time was not going to fill the tabernacle or a temple. Instead, God would fill flesh. The Lord Almighty God took on flesh. Pinch yourself. That's what Jesus, with our Lord God, took on. He was born into the very world he created. He was raised by human parents just like you and me. And he was given a name, the name of Jesus. And in him... In Jesus, John says, we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son. Jesus came in glory with a purpose, too. He came to proclaim grace and truth. He came to put that very glorious name of the Lord into action as he willfully, with a heart of love, 
offered up his human life, the life he lived, as of perfect sacrifice and payment to rescue you as unglorious as you can be in your sin, to rescue you and to save you from the consequences of sin, death, and hell. He came to proclaim the truth that in this dark world, he is the light that breaks apart the darkness of sin and death in your life and he shows us that he is the life and that life is yours through faith in him. Jesus came in glory that he would rescue you from all of your sins and bring you into a relationship with your heavenly father. If you've ever held a, a newborn baby, you just want to sit there and marvel. You want to sit and marvel not just at the life that you are holding, but as you look at this little one, you, you marvel at the fact that this little child looks like its parents. It has its mother's eyes or its, its father's nose. And as that child grows, you start to see even more of the parents in that child as they reflect different characteristics and mannerisms. You look at that kid and say, yep, you're your father's child, right? That's what I hear often, actually. It was quite the same for Jesus, too. When we look at Jesus, he reflects the very nature and characteristics and the glory of his eternal Father. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Do you want to know who God is? Do you want to know just what is in the heart and mind of the Lord? Do you really want to know just how powerful and how much in control God is? Just look to Jesus, his son. Look and see the one who saved a wedding celebration by changing water into wine. Witness how nature, a stormy sea, obeyed the calming command of Jesus. Look at how demons trembled and cowered when Jesus drove them away and how he had a heart that was so filled with compassion when crowds came before him that he fed them and healed them. Listen to how Jesus spoke unlike anybody else. He spoke with divine authority and there in Jesus in the life he lived, in the way he interacted, in the way he spoke, you get to see the very heart and mind of our Lord God. Do you see it? Look into the eyes of that little baby and see the word that became flesh. And through him you see the very glory of God. At Christmas time we like to make lists, don't we? You know, the naughty and nice list, the, the gifts that you want for Christmas list, the cookie list. The, you, you get it. There's lists. Well, let's make a list this morning. Let's make a list of all the glorious aspects of our Lord God. What would you put on that list? I know that's a little bit of a rhetorical question, but what would you put on it? Let's start with this love. How glorious is the love of God, uh, an undeserving, unfailing kind of love that even when we are so unlovable because of our sin and, and disobedience and doubts, God still loves you. Glorious. 
How about his faithfulness? A God who has made all sorts of promises and has never broken a single one of them, who has never said anything and then not followed through. Glorious. God's forgiveness. The the fact that God flings your sins eternally away and declares you to be innocent and right in his eyes. Glorious. And what else would you add to that list? His power, his might, his control, his patience, his justice, his generosity, his righteousness. It's no wonder that the heavens broke open and the angels cried out, Glory to God in the highest. There was a little boy who on Christmas Day was super excited to open his gift from his grandparents. It was a small little box. It didn't weigh very much at all. But he tore apart this shiny wrapping paper and he, he wrestled with this well-taped box and he pulled it open and inside was an Amazon gift card for $100. That kid was excited. He was ecstatic. But it wasn't long before he lost interest in that gift. Because even though he had it in his hands and it was fully his, he didn't quite know what he was going to get yet with that gift card and he was still going to have to order it and then wait for it to come. And so even though he had that gift, it was hard for him to appreciate it because it wasn't fully there. Do you sometimes feel that way about the gift of the Savior? It's great that we are celebrating in such a glorious way today on Christmas. And it's great to know that God came in flesh to be your Savior and to rescue you from sin and death. You are forgiven. You are God's own dear child. The gift and inheritance of eternal life is yours. But you wait. And you hold that gift in your heart. But I wonder if sometimes you don't just long that God would show you the fullness of his glory and his presence among you. Like, God, just come back down in a cloud and guide me through this life, or God, just take on flesh and walk with me today. But you see, the nature of Christmas shows us that God's glory is present each and every day. Open your eyes and your ears of faith. And see and hear on the words and the pages of Scripture the glories of God on display for you. Spirit creating faith in their hearts as they are made a child of God. In just a few moments, we will witness the, the glory of God as we, we touch and handle and taste the very body and blood of our Savior Jesus Christ together with the bread and wine for the forgiveness of your sins, God's glory present. Hold on to that glory of God every time you hear the announcement of the forgiveness of sins. And isn't it something that right after that announcement we sing the glory to God? See the glory of God each day as he provides for you and gives you more blessings than you are deserving of. Know the very glory of God and the patient trust that carries you through the challenging moments of this life. Because one day, 
you will see the fullness of the glory of God and experience it as a child of God dwelling with him eternally in heaven. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And in 2 Corinthians 4, for our light and momentary troubles, and you've got to ask, Paul, are you serious? Light and momentary troubles? Yes. Light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Glorious. The gift of God coming in flesh to show to us his glory is a gift unlike any other. This gift, this Savior, this forgiveness, this eternal life is yours. That is the glorious nature of Christmas. To God alone be the glory. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace, to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, and to find our schedule of special worship services, please visit www.gracedowntown.org today. And we'd love to have you join us for worship sometime soon. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.